Welcome on into the Dragon Party. My name is Brett Brandis. I'll be your host for this festivity. And joining me, as always, it's my co-host. He's going to be the guy that no one really wanted, but he showed up anyway, and he's kind of the life of the party, so you also can't kick him out. It's Eric. (laughs) I'm Eric, and yeah, I'm the guy that you're like, oh man, this, this guy's like pretty cool. Uh, like, who invited him? And everyone's like, oh, I think he was, like, Jim's friend. And you go to Jim, is like, no, Mark invited him. And like, no, I think it was, I think he's, like, Stacy's boyfriend or something. And we all passed him like, around. And then yeah, at he, the end of the night, we're like, oh, dude, I totally invited him. He was, he yeah, was yeah, yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> he like, was he's really cool good guy. at beer pong or something. Yeah, I'm not that like cool, but personally, but I'm, I'm taking that place. Hey, at this party, you are. You, this is your dragon party. Wait, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm not cool. <laughs> you are, you are, you're right. Now, hopefully we sound a little different. Uh, both of us have had the chance now. We've gotten into this. We both kind of want to stick with this. So we both upgraded our sound quality, hopefully a little bit. We'll right, see yeah. how this turns out. <laughs> it would be pretty if you read everyone's like, yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, like, well. mm, whoops. Nah, you guys sound like crap. <laughs> like, even oh, worse. Oh, yeah, oh, that'd be that'd be bad. Hopefully I notice myself on the edit again and I just go, Oh yeah, that, that made a big difference. Smooth and silky. I oh man, I just the way you said that already, I'm getting Ooh. the feel. Yeah, oh I shivered all over. This is a magic themed ASMR podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well <Welcome>. real niche. <laughs> Now, we are partying, as always. What you drinking at this party? So I um, I am a man of, you know, uh, like really low expectations as far as what I need out of things okay. to enjoy them. So when I see a cool looking can, I'm just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think our listeners could probably notice a theme of like most of the cans we're grabbing. It's just because like, that one looked awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like we, I, I, I've already had like six beers that I'm like, I don't really enjoy these, but this looks cool. So I grabbed this, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm having a beer called one love by spindle tap. Oh, I love it. Okay, sweet. Yeah. It's got like that Jamaican flag coloring and everything mm-hmm. on it. Okay. That's pretty sweet. One love Bob Marley reference. Yep. So sweet. So I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, this week, I got two for you because I pre-gamed a little bit for this party. Okay. Uh, okay. This one this one was just exciting to mention. This is the one I just finished up having. It was a blonde ale, but it was brewed at a chocolate factory and has chocolate and orange flavorings. Oh, wow. That seems really good. Chocolate and orange is one of the most underrated flavor combinations. I, that that's fair Th- this to me actually gave me more of like a tootsie roll vibe oh okay when i was tasting it yeah it tasted more of like mm. a caramel flavoring I-, I guess that was the chocolate coming through and because it was so i've never had like a chocolate ale with that, that wasn't a stout or a porter that's like yeah. pretty typical in that region but not like a blonde ale i was like oh mm. maybe you'll that's actually taste chocolate so yeah because usually with the porters and stats, I don't. I just it's just like a dark beer. <laughs> <Right. laughs> now th- this is the one I got for the podcast now, and and this is a uh, a vanity one. If you can see the artwork on that, 
Ooh, yeah, I see. There's like lungs. Yes. Is that what yes. it looks like? It is lungs, and they have flowers growing at the end of the lungs. Oh, and it's called sweet. I Like Fresh Air. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, dude, I, I got all the feels by looking at that can picture. I was like, damn, that like that hits home right there. Especially nowadays. Right? Like sometimes, you know, I work from home. So now I'm just like, Lucky okay, I just got to get outside. <laughs> but yeah, like breathing through the masks even. It's, it doesn't feel like I've yeah. been breathing normal air for a very long time. Plus, it's been winter a lot. And like, yeah, you're always just in the mask. And yeah, I just need like some fresh air. Gosh, uh, this is that a Kolsch. Is- and I don't even know if I like Kolsch's. So once again, it's like last week I had a Pilsner, I think. Now I'm into a Kolsch. I don't even know what these things are. <laughs> I think those are both uh, like German style beers. I know Pilsner is. Wow. Oh, this tastes very different. That much I'll say. <laughs> it's just a can of air. <laughs> <laughs> I get why they say they like fresh air. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to a magic week. Uh, and, and we like to talk about things that we've been brewing. What have you been brewing lately? Well, not to disappoint you, but I've I've kind of got pulled in like a bunch of different directions. So I have no idea. <gasps> no brewing? Tell me, tell me about an abandoned idea in the past that you brewed up and eventually gave up on. Um, oh, that is a good question. While you're thinking of that, I'll talk about mine. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, Strixhaven spoilers are out. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about them next week, because uh, not all of them are out yet. We're gonna wait for every card to be released before we we go into an episode on that. Uh, and I, and I've been looking, looking, sparsing through them. And I think there's some really, really neat commanders out of that. Uh, as soon as I saw some of the commander spoilings, I saw Willow Dusk, I believe is his name, um, which sounds like Wither Bloom, which is what the college is of Strixhaven, the Golgari College. And his, his ability is that you put plus one, plus one counters equal to life you lost or gained in a single turn, but it's a sorcery speed, so you can only do it during your turn. That's why they would do an uh, effect like that. But That's really good. It immediately made me think of some really fun cards that... Remember how we talked last week about um, uh, Unspeakable Symbol? Pay three life, right. put a one one count. So you could pay all your life. All of a sudden, that's like forty life, and you could put forty plus one plus ones <laughs> on something. So it's a it's a risk it for the biscuit kind of deck, and I just want to ha- like have a blast with it and see what I can do. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I did think of one, and this is this is my. I think I'll have peaked if I do this. Okay. I've abandoned it so many times. <laughs> I've always wanted to make a landless commander deck. Uh, which is getting more and more possible now that they have made MDFCs. Right. So wow. I, I, you're saying without MDFCs, you're trying to never. That might that. be the cheating way. <laughs> you, you might but as well, I, like, like try and brew with them to like get yourself into that. Like, listen, right. Everything is a spell. Everything <laughs> can be cast as a spell, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I just have always wanted, like, oh, man, like, I wonder if that's possible just to do that. And I know there's, like, I think it would have to be, like, a five-color commander just to have. have to. You have to have access to every card, Like, Simeon Spirit Guide and stuff like that. Right, right. But I think, I think as time goes on, it becomes more and more possible. And, and, you know, stuff like, if I can get creatures out for free, then you can do the stuff that Landless Dredge does. 
um sure in their deck but you know with yeah because you see the combos going on in other formats and yeah it's like th- that is a, a fun place to start when deck building is like see what stuff is going on in other formats it's a lot harder to make those strategies work in a thing like commander right. uh, that's why most things are built around the commanders nowadays like commanders are very strong cards so just everything tailors towards them uh you can't really go with a you know modern or standard deck strategy in in commander right but th- yeah there's there's we can definitely get good ideas from them exactly but let's talk about commander because that's why we're here this week we're going to talk mm-hmm. about commander today because it is the format that we play basically at all times uh we've mentioned oh, yeah. we we play limited a lot uh obviously right now we're not i haven't played limited since uh two years ago because that's when the world shut down <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. it's been Commander ever since. It's been Commander in casual formats. It's been Commander back when we had a club for Magic the Gathering. Because we started that club. We did. Though, I, I will say, we also did Limited at that club. We did, limited. We did yeah. a lot of Limited. We would buy a box. We'd all draft. We do So li- I, like those are the two formats yeah. that I think are, are great for Magic. I mean, they're my favorites. So that's how we're going to go about this podcast and, and mm-hmm. explain it. So we got to go into the Commander format. So... What is the commander format? Well, Lay it down for me. Lay me down the ground rules. Well, Mr. Brandis, uh, the essence of the commander format is it's a 100 card exactly singleton, except for basic lands, deck structure. And 100 card in- including the commander, which you'll in- talk about what that right. is. Right, and one of those cards is your commander. So that card will exist in a special zone called the command zone, and you have access to cast that card at all times. And it's a face-up, so everyone at the table will uh, will be able to know what the commander is. And the uh, the deck-building restriction, other than the 100-card the, uh, singleton, is that you can only play cards with that commander's color identity. Now, mm-hmm. what's color identity, you might ask? That's a good question. Oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. But Eric, what's color identity? You idiot. (laughs) (laughs) How could you not know? You should know these things. Come on, you're hosting a magic podcast. (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, uh, anyway, color identity is kind of unintuitive. It's basically um, whatever color pips you see on the card itself. Right. So most commonly it's in the uh, mana cost. So if something is like, Three mana, green, black creature. Um, oh, by the way, your commander has to be a legendary creature. Yes. That's important. very important. Uh, so it's three green, black. Uh, your color identity is uh, Golgari. So it's green, black. So you can have colorless cards. You can have green cards, black cards, green and black cards. Um, the exception to that being in the color uh, identity being the as mana symbol is if they have an activated ability that is another card. So yep. there's some cards that are like, like four and a green to cast, and then they'll have an ability that costs blue and red. So the color identity of that creature is uh, teamer, so green, blue, red. So you can have cards from all those colors. Yep. Um, you cannot have color, you can't like split. So if your color identity is mono white, you can't have white and black cards. It, it's restricted to just the cards in that commander's color identity. Yep. Uh, and the uh, there's a couple other rules. So one, this is a can be a multiplayer format. Uh, so it's not just one on one. You start at forty life, 
and uh, there's some other special rules, which I think we'll get into a little bit, but that's basically the essence of Commander. Yeah, and, and when we're talking about multiplayer, so this is a multiplayer format. In the the ideal way to play Commander, and I think the way it was set up, is that is it is a four-person free-for-all. Right, that, it, it seems is, like that is the ideal. That is the ideal. That It is meant to be four people, everyone is their own separate person. So you're you're versing three opponents at any given time. Now, casual wise, it, a lot of times doesn't end up that way. So sometimes right. you have to play with just three people, which means you're doing a one v one v one. We played a lot in college uh, a star format, which means oh, yeah. there's five people. So what happens there is the two people sitting directly next to you are your allies. You don't attack them. The two people sitting across from you are your enemies, and whoever, whosever enemies are dead, that person is judged the winner. So there's still only one winner in Star, and it's whoever has the two dead allies. So hopefully two people die at once, hopefully one person shares them as an enemy, and that they are who wins that version of yeah. it. It is, in my opinion, just objectively better than Five for All because it makes i couldn't half- imagine a five for all i've never done that uh i did one time with uh, i thought you did one time in a college and it lasted about four hours oh my god i couldn't <laughs> imagine I, I i i don't think i've ever done yeah maybe it's happened but no yeah if you have five people i would yeah suggest and, go with the, the the star version and there, there's so there's a bunch of different rules for stars so don't yell at us if your playgroup does something a little bit differently but um but yeah well, it's, also it, rules have changed. Rules text have changed since then too. I, it, like right. Battlebond printed since then, which has a lot of cards that say like assist and teamwork and stuff. Right. In my mind, that would mean. I mean, they are labeled your allies, which would mean your team. So either person yeah. would be your team. And they're yeah, they're not opponents, so it's, you can't nope. say like, oh, each opponent loses two life. It's only those two people. It's the two people in front of you. Yeah, yeah, which is um, weird. I mean, we're not gonna, we're. When we're talking about Commander, we're going to be talking about it in the sense that you have three opponents and it's right. a four-person game in total. I think that's pretty, pretty good um, way to think about it. So the, another uh, really fascinating thing about Commander is it is the only format that I know of that has politics because of this yeah. multiplayer format. Politics is a huge thing because oh, also I invented a new drinking game. If I say huge, you all drink. <laughs> this is due no. because when i edit this i I'm, I'm listening to myself over and over again and i managed to say that word like at, that is at huge least, at least 25 <laughs> times I mean, D and magic podcast both both it doesn't matter which side we're talking about i love to say it apparently yeah i don't know what's my word i will i i, I edit it yeah. so I, yeah as soon as i listen to you over and over again and i'm focused on your words i'll be like this is this is the one and i'll, and I'll mm. shout out that for your drinking game at home uh so back to the politics of magic so and, and now they're leaning into it if, if we look at a lot of the spoilers they're really leaning into the politics of commander because they're printing cards that are saying you get an effect and also a single one of your opponents also does the effect yeah. so you get to like out of the four people choose the person that you're like hey 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 you you want to get something good and then you do something for me I know, and those those cards are always so fascinating to mm-hmm. manage because, was, especially when there isn't a clear leader, like uh, our arch enemy, 
it's very difficult to rationalize saying like, oh, I'm going to get this thing. But if I get something too good, they're just going to get a <laughs> removal spell for it or counter spell or something with their search or, or oh, they're just going to get four or five tokens and they have a token deck. Right. Whenever the game's at parody, it's like, mm, <laughs> I right, don't yeah. want you're all scared to like do the next powerful thing because what, ha- what ends up happening for some reason is like, Everyone gangs up on you so fast, you get destroyed, and then you can't even come back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get, like, rolled over, and then people have this funny thing called memory, and they're just like, oh, well, this person was a big threat, even though his, like, three or four big creatures and all of his artifacts are dead. But we're uh, but uh, we're still going to kill him. Right. Threat <laughs> identification is like a lingering effect for some reason. It's like once you were a threat, you're somehow always a threat. Right. <laughs> and the person who is the threat now is egging them on. I'm like, yeah, we, we better yeah, kill Brett But you, here. we got to kill that guy. I mean, he, you saw you what he what did before. You see what creatures he had? <laughs> yeah, you, you saw what happened. He was probably using a band card what what are those <laughs> uh, so, so like any other format in magic's history so they they clearly have to control their cards somehow or the game breaks so they they have a band list now when commander's band list is something different actually at this point in time i actually think they literally listed on the website like i mean because it's not an official format commander uh, as far yeah. as there's no tournaments run for this, there's no money to be made from this. So all of these bands are suggested bands. Yeah, it's run by a like commander's rules committee, committee, which is outside of the Wizards of the Coast. But and they're you're going to want to abide not, by this list. Yeah, and it basically um, you can have different rules again in play groups. I think we kind of talked about that before. But like everyone that every stranger when card stores open back up, uh, everyone will expect everyone else to abide by. This yeah, th- right. These are these are the accepted rules. So if yeah, if if you're not going into a known play group, I, I you you should you have to you have to abide by these rules. If if yeah. and l- if you clear it with because also we talked about our play group a lot. We, we can ban cards that are not on this list within our play group that like just, hey, we won't play those cards. Um, they're yeah. technically not banned as far as Wizards is concerned. So you can play them out in the wild. People will still give you some weird faces that hey, some cards are just so powerful sometimes that you're like, geez, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Um, now, one thing I want to mention with this band list is it's changed a lot uh, since its inception. And I actually miss the way it used to be, where they actually separated this band list into banned and commander, and then they had a separate list for banned as a commander. Right. Yeah, and- there was a couple of cards like Cabal or Bra- Braids, not Cabal, Braids. Um she was banned as commander, but could be in the 99. And now is she banned banned or is she She's fine now? Banned banned. She's Braid, banned banned. Oh yeah. Braid's Cabal Minion. That's what it is. Oh, called. I have that card. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Cause yeah, it, it, she leads to a state where everyone's just sacking every permanent and you're just like, okay, we can't play anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't and, use it like that. So I feel like in my decks, it's fine, but right. Yeah. I get it. it yeah, exactly. And and the reason I say I want to separate them like that again is there's certain cards. If you go over, just go over a few cards on the ban list that if you 
can point out and and ask me if if they if you feel they should be unbanned because there's a lot of cards on there that I think are probably fine. Um, some of these cards are I think are banned not because they're like super powerful necessarily. I mean, they are really good, but like all the moxes and stuff. But no, like, yeah, but keep the moxes banned. No, I, I would never bring like, those off. Who, Remember, who, I'm, who I'm would... the guy that also wants to ban Soul Ring. Like I. I some so the early early and mana crypt i don't just anything that costs nothing slash one mana and produces more than one mana is like just get it out of here <laughs> the, the games are just dumb um there isn't a whole lot i kind of disagree with per se um there's a couple strange ones i think where there's stuff like um let's say uh ancestral recall balance that are super powerful there are that are uh, yeah those that's true because those are a little hard to actually abuse uh well i i think those are those Those are are, oh actually ancestral recalls never mind i'm thinking the what what uh, ancestral vision is what i'm thinking of that like suspend four yeah Yeah. like that one that come on like leave oh well that isn't there right that's not banned okay that's not banned no okay uh I, I kind of agree with all the ones that could destroy like land and stuff, like how balance is, is kind of played. But then there's a card like Biorhythm. So it's an eight mana sorcery, six green green. Each player's life total becomes the number of creatures he or she controls. That's right. just an effect on a couple other cards. <laughs> like, there's a creature that does that. That does that. So yeah, and why, why have sorcery? Yeah. And there, there's there's a ton of uh like eight mana sorceries that just kind of win the game anyway. But you know, I I kind of I kind of like that too because there's also a lot of like spell slingery type decks that you kind of want to punish for not having any creatures out. Um, I remember when we were playing, a couple cards got banned, like Sylvan Primordial, which sounds kind of strange, but it's basically a land destruction and ramp on a stick. Yeah, it's because it stated non-creature instead of non-land. If it was non-land permanent, it'd probably be fine. fine. But it said non-creature permanent, which means it can just get rid of a what about a card like gifts ungiven yeah i think that's would be fine <laughs> i feel like it would be fine like in the world of like vampiric tutor which is just one mana instant speed yeah like, i like i wouldn't i would think even a cdh community wouldn't be like that upset about get a four mana spell that like gets you other things that then you have to do like we're talking about like an eight mana combo are they really right. going to be upset about that I doubt it. Yeah, I, I I think that'd be that'd be kind of. I know there's just, there's probably some combo. I mean, there is a combo with it, but like, but there's a lot of combos. That's what like I just because it's a combo does not mean it should be banned. Right. What about right. like Panoptic Mirror? That one's that one sticks out to me. That one definitely should stay banned. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, you put a extra turn spell on it. Yeah, yeah, but screw extra, I, dude. Extra turns, everything's broken with extra turn spells. Extra turn spells should probably just not exist. And a lot of the extra turn spells now exile I themselves. I mean, I guess that actually with Panoptic Mirror doesn't matter because mm-hmm. it's just it already imprinted the card. But right. another one I want to get off the list is like Lutri. I feel kind of bad for that one because, like, yeah, ban it as companion. That mechanic was dumb, but unban right, it yeah. as a card just play the card it's dual caster mage guys who cares yeah exactly that's a card that's like the effect you're just like why is it you see, you <laughs> like, see cards like powerful <laughs> you see cards like flash and it's just like oh two mana instant i can't get to summon a creature well yeah that was com- that was com- cdh i know i know but like yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about 
difference in power level. What? For us, it's you like, get, okay. It's like, I don't really understand Shaharazar, which is like crazy. Uh, Sundry tie-in is like, oh yeah, I'll just destroy like five Everything. five lands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Upheaval, World of Fire, and then there's Lutri. It's like, oh, you can copy a spell for three mana. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so other facts about commander commander this is the history of commander it was introduced back in 2011 and we started this in like 2012 i want to say so we were like pretty much right away when commander started we got into it right there were some variants of that i think that were pretty old because it used to be called elder dragon highlander edh yeah yeah so one of the yeah yeah it's you're right it's still called edh it's still called EDH. Um, yeah i held on to that name but the uh, the rules, like quote unquote rules, used to be that you had to use one of like the original Elder Dragons, right? As your, as your commander. Well, which is weird though, because in 2011 they introduced those commander decks, which right, all exactly. didn't have Elder Dragons. Like you exactly, had Kalia that, that, came from. That. That's when they, I think they they said like, oh, well, this is not EDH because that's their own thing. This is oh, and commander. that's why. Okay, so so EDH might have gone back further than that is what you're saying. But commander, right, but commander formally was introduced in 2011. And they have had a commander deck series every year since then. Yeah, and the first one is one of the betters. Yeah, it's one of the best ones. So this is an eternal format, which just means that all cards over all of Magic's history are legal unless otherwise stated before, like on the ban list. Mm, You can play with any card that's a Magic card. Other than unstable sets, too. Those don't count. Any silver-bordered. So this is just normal-bordered magic cards. That's true right. for any format as well. I will say, though, some silver-bordered cards are really sweet. And I have built a silver-bordered deck before. Okay. You just need to make sure you ask people. Yeah, because uh, they, they okay. end up being a little ridiculous a lot of the times. Oh, not mine. <laughs> mine was bad. Yeah, mine you do feel a... bad like losing to a deck that's not real magic right. cards, though. Like it yeah. always just is in the back of everyone's mind. Like, hmm, this feels weird. Yeah, exactly. They... So, um, <laughs> my deck was a, I think it was a Victor Count Doom or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah where it was Doom. a, basically, you had Doom counters on it, right? And you move the Doom counters from five to one. But in order to move them, if you wanted to move it from five to four. You had to play a card that had that like the five? number that had a, a number, just a number on, on the card. I got you. Okay. So it led you playing just awful cards because it's like, <laughs> ooh, well, this is a four and a black. So the four <laughs> for a three two, <laughs> three two. Yeah, they had an activated ability that cost five black black. Target player loses a life. You're like, oh, I got it. it has one five? It has all the has all the numbers it's on like it. I got every play number it. I want. <laughs> it's got yeah. numbers one. Five. it's a number one it through five random common so i think that's one of the reasons why people were just it and once it got to one uh you destroy target player so after you got to one and it so it it wasn't wasn't good because they just like okay i'll bounce victor bounce, yeah bounce. so that like, would be oh, in the category of commander that's like anything goes which like right so so we should talk about like the commander variants right because like so commander is, is its format and when we talk commander in like proper it's four player four player multiplayer all cards go except for the ban list and all the right. rules we named up uh before that which is the 100 card singleton everyone starts at 40 there's a thing called commander damage which means if you deal 21 damage with your commander to a single player they will also lose that is very um, that's pretty in addition to other uh but but there's a lot of variants that have come out 
most of them have failed. Almost all of them have failed. So when you look at this yeah. list, I have played every single one of these, and I probably played tops five games and have never played them since. So we're talking things like Tiny Leader. Tiny Leader oh, yeah. was where your commander had to also cost uh, CMC or mana value now three or less, and your card was a 60-card deck, and every card in your 60-card deck also costed three or less. Yeah, I I remember that was like, ooh, do you make a Tiny Leader deck? And then right. basically all the good cards in Tiny Leader were like, yeah, but I want to use these in my commander deck, so I'm taking these out. I'll tell uh, you what, that com- the format was so bad. The games it, were so dumb. It got, I, I, I remember it was basically like, once the shine rubbed off and you played a couple games, you're just like, these are really boring games because yeah. you don't have, think about how, just to put it out there, it's pretty easy to get like decent card draw spells, decent creatures that have activated abilities and stuff, all those kinds of things. But think about how many board wipes cost three or less, like none, almost yeah. none that matter. Right. Right. So the board gets flooded. I was going to say, I remember the best decks always, always being like elf decks. Right. We're like, as soon as they hit a mass quantity, it, it it was impossible to beat them because they'd have like 15, 20, 20s and everyone else was sitting there with like the five or six like guys right. and you just, you just got melted and it, yeah. every game was like that. And I was like, wow, this is so boring. <laughs> yeah. And you got in like, I remember there's a couple strategies where we're trying to build around X spells because like fireball is technically CMC one. CMC less. That's true. Right. X spells became stupid good in that format. Yeah. And basically it was just like, okay, I'm just going to put all the two and three mana ram spells on here. And just like, I think because I, I think I might've made vile smash or like a tiny leader deck. And I think, first. You didn't. You th- I think you started with thirty life. They like have the life? difference. That makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the difference between forty and twenty. You ended with th- yeah. It was like a thirty life yeah, kind it, of format, and there was yeah. no commander damage. That was it was ratted because of the less life. Yeah. Um. So the next one is Oathbreaker. It's a commander like thing because your commander actually an Oathbreaker is a planeswalker, and then you also had a extra commander in a spell. Ah, so yeah, you got like a signature, signature spell. spell. Yeah, so you had a you had a planeswalker commander as well as a signature spell. I believe it was also a 30 uh, 60 card format if I'm remembering correctly. I, I only played it once. I I've actually never played this. Okay, I played it. I hated it as well. I absolutely hated it. Was it just like totally busted with the It was completely spell? busted. I I've seen I saw people like have have we just talked about how dumb extra turns were yeah someone just put like time warp in the command zone it's like really dude yeah yeah <laughs> really so and the point of it was you were only allowed to cast that spell when you had the planeswalker out oh no <laughs> so it was like right oh but so it was like the planeswalker was the one that had to cast the spell or whatever i don't know i got the flavor and it was fun to brew and whatever but it died out real fast because it yeah. wasn't fun it wasn't fun. i I imagine just the best was just doing the three minute to fairy and and just having extra turn spells. I don't even know if War of the Spark was out by then. I think that this was all right before War of the Spark. And I'm sure after War of the Spark came out. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure with all those cheap dumb. planeswalkers with Yeah, I'm sure after that like, it got really oh, dumb. I, I would uh, thank God I never played it then. Yeah, oh, I, wait. I, I think about just like Narset plus like 
Windfall? We, windfall. Yeah, that'd be You're so like, stupid, right? Like, who right, was the... Go, yeah, I, well, so I think they would have banned that. So they did have, like, an Oathbreaker ban list. I think people don't give a crap about any... Again, all these variants yeah. died for, yeah. for a reason or another. Uh, the next one down the list we have is, like, Plane Chase, um, which is actually a really fun thing to kick around once in a while. Um, I, I, I've played some really fun... This is one that I keep coming back to eventually and trying it out because you play normal commander. You play right. with your regular commander decks. The difference is in Plane Chase, there's an extra ability that everyone has where you have a planar die that you get to roll for free and then it costs one, then it costs two. So cumulative roll. And what this die does is there's you're, you're all battling on a plane at any given moment. And these planes have static effects. Like whenever a creature dies, draw a card, which is, it's cool. Sometimes it leads to some really, really cool, fun games, like almost like a chaos game, which is why I think people hate it as well. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like playing the game, starting the game with uh, someone's chaos deck already having all the chaos cards out. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yeah, it would be, I think like our group would like it. Yeah. Play it with the right group. But yeah, no, I, it does seem to favor decks super heavily. So like a, a single plane will show up and be like, like creatures deal double damage. And there's one guy sitting there with guy's like, like, oh, I'm going to win this turn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exa- exa- like that's literally what happens. It Because, you know, on your turn, like I roll the plane, it flips to that plane. And like a lot of times when planes are changed, there's an enter the plane check. And they seem to be way too beneficial to the person that, like, landed you there. So, like, if I was the one that flipped it to this plane, my creatures this turn gain lifelink and double strike. And and then and then and then it's the static effect is creatures deal double damage. Right. So, like, (laughs) because I flipped to this plane, all of a sudden, all my creatures have double strength, lifelink, and they deal double damage. And it's just like, okay, so I win. Right. I think the benefit to this and the mode in the next uh, thing we're going to talk about is that you don't have to build a separate deck for it. Right. I think the rest of them, they all, in my opinion, fail. They are their Commander own is such an enfranchised like set with it. And the, what makes it cool are all these very specific deck building restrictions. Right. So, but you don't want to spend all the money building like a tiny leader's deck when half the cards are going to your going to be in your commander deck. And so it's just, it just kind of like, it's like, oh man, this would be cool, this tiny leader deck, but there's this four mana spell that I want to play. And you look like, oh, there's also a six mana spell. Like, well, my friends are playing Commander 2. I'm just going to make this. Into I'm just going to play Commander. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just right. You can only play one format at once, right? So it's like, yeah. So we're just going to end up playing Commander. Um, I'll skip ahead then to the other failed variant, which may or may not become more popular because I think they're trying to throw this into arena i it is it is an arena i played it it's it's pretty fun okay so this is brawl that we're talking about and and brawl's rules you know how i went pretty fun (laughs) yeah right right brawl's rules is a 60 card deck right it's not a 100 card deck yeah i think yeah it's a 60 60. it's a 60 card deck (laughs) 60 card deck singleton singleton still there's still a commander but every card has to be standard legal Right. So it's using and, the standard ban list and everything, or is it? Is it using the standard ban list? I imagine it I would. I think Brawl uses its own uh, ban Oh, okay. It has its own ban list. Okay. So, right, because it can't follow the commander ban list because those are cards that don't exist in standard. None, none right. of those cards are in standard. 
So it has its own ban list. That's that's fair. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, that probably makes sense for it to have its own ban list, actually. Yep. Because the standard cards list. wouldn't make much sense, right? Because you're only seeing them once. A lot of the cards aren't legendary other than like Uro, which was banned. You know, that, that was like the only one of recent memory. That was a legendary creature that had to get banned. Oh, and um, Omnath. Omnath. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just thought of it now. I was like, well, oh, wait, and, um, Dude, never mind. I, I was trying to remember if you could play planeswalkers as commanders in brawl too no no it has to state it has to state uh that a commander can that the planeswalker can be in your commander for it to be a commander which never but, happens uh, in standard no in any in legendary brawl? creature or planeswalker in brawl in, you can have brawl. planeswalkers i did yeah, not right know that okay that's news to me so you can play planeswalkers as commanders in brawl right but and, not um, in commander not that commander. is in commander. It's only if the planeswalker states it can be your commander, which there's a lot at this point. How do you feel about those? I've never enjoyed them. I think that sounds like an episode that we could talk. Go. In That's depth. fair. That it's it could be its own subject. Is planeswalkers as commanders? Should we change the rule to no? I mean, we shouldn't. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna well. nip that argument in the bud no. well we'll uh we'll we'll talk about it later because i could tell <laughs> i could tell this is something that we could talk about for like 25 minutes and we look and be like oh we've been talking for four hours i mean just look at what's happened to oathbreaker and then that would be my like part of my argument <laughs> it's like it's not just the spells that were broken it was the planeswalkers but anyway all right um now one uh, the last thing i want to mention in introducing commander as a format to you guys and this is following in the footsteps of our finance episode is how should you get into this format? And I have a great answer for you that we've already mentioned every year they come out with commander products. And let me tell you what I am still buying them to this day. They are incredible products. Me too. They're Absolutely. Really so good for getting into the, into what well, we format. were mentioning how like, Oh man, to build a commander deck, I have to now spend $200 to build a deck that I want to build with all these crazy cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. these commander decks they're coming out with. So th they just kind of reverted it for the most current. So the Strixhaven one's coming out. They're going back to this $40 price point. But just previous to that, and I think they're going to, you know, keep doing this within sets. I just bought the Kaldheim commander product deck for $25. And I haven't lost a game yet while playing this deck. No, I think I yeah, lost. Yeah, but you once. upgraded it. But I upgraded absolutely. I upgraded it. But still, yeah. like we're talking a deck that like can win, and I bought for twenty five dollars. Yeah, your 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 point holds though. Where I think if your play group is is either a bunch of new people that have just gotten into it, um, or isn't super uh, super competitive about it you can have fun playing a game. Like you won't necessarily win a whole lot of games if you just play the pre-con out of the box. But I think it's a really good way to evaluate what a deck should have, what a deck should look like. Um, and you, you can have fun. Like you can, you can do stuff. Definitely. And, and a, you actually what's really, play. really fun is if we're talking about a new play group, if everyone grabs one of the pre-cons, they, they design these products to be battled against each other, actually. That's how yeah. they play test them. So That's a good point. actually, some of the best games ever is when, I mean, we always talk, there's a huge, oh, 
drank. <laughs> In the commander community, there, there's a big push towards power level, right? The best thing about everyone having a precon is you can guarantee everyone is on the exact same power level. I mean, that, these are products yeah. that are tested over and over against each other. So you know that these decks are on the same power level. They have tested it as close as they possibly can to where in the in a four-player of all different pre-cons, 25% of the time, each one of those will win among a, a, a same uh, skill level person. Right. So, you know, as close as it could possibly be, because skill level matters. Um, but also, and in Commander, it actually doesn't a little bit, which is really nice, actually, which is part of the charm of the format, right? Anyone can win. It's it's a little more, it's, you know, it shifts towards politics a little bit. Yeah, I think there, yeah, there's a, definitely the skill in 1v1. Definitely will translate to Commander, but there is additional stuff going on there's a little luck going on there's a little bit of king making which feels bad but it happens right and that's where the politics come in a little bit um where you can get a win based on like somebody casting that uh casting that board wipe when you have two planeswalkers on the field and then you just win the game when the other person uh, is about to die um the cards because you're fighting against three other people by their by the nature of what makes them good is how swingy they are sometimes. So right. you can you can just draw a card that is just like, oh man, I'm dead here. And then you just draw the perfect card. You're just like, oh well now I'm winning by a considerable <laughs> <Actually>. margin. <laughs> and that Which, is harder to do in a one, I think, one on one game. Yeah, yeah. The one on one games are are honestly in commander. So well, I was talking about just like standard and modern and oh, stuff like that. There's sure. definitely swings and those stuff. Those formats are great. Those, those formats are, about... are meant for one v one, though, right? right? So I mean, the, yeah, Commander is a, a very much a format that is it, you can feel that it's not meant for one v one, right? I mean, there's right. there's there's so many. It, it, when we talk about someone becoming the arch enemy, it, even then, it's difficult to take them down. Sometimes these decks are really powerful. So when someone becomes an arch enemy, it takes three other people sometimes to like keep the game going. Right. Yeah. Because when you're playing one v one, the game is just over. (laughs) Yeah. It it's usually pretty clear who's good. Like the games usually don't uh, go on very long after the first two people are knocked out. It's usually like, oh, I'm just deciding to kill you first, and you have one turn to stop me. (laughs) But. I've been winning for so long. I have eight cards in my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or twenty cards ridiculous. in my hand. Uh, so again, we we suggest buying these precons. They're fantastic. Um, I'm gonna buy one coming up in the next set. So like, I, yeah, we're still I, buying these, and they're fantastic. I always buy like at least one. And, and it does seem like actually they're they're putting a lot of focus on these now so so some years since its inception again these have been these products have been around for 10 years in a couple of those years they they you know just you know reprinted a bunch of cards or whatever and had three new cards and and they kept it really simple and sometimes the the uh what they would call the reprint value wasn't really worth it what i've noticed now is these reprint values so if you went out and purchased single by single every single card that's in these decks you're spending well over that a hundred dollar you're probably spending that two hundred dollars that we were talking about for building a commander deck meanwhile 
at any retail shop, these are staying at like $40, like a hard $40. They're not going to go up. Yeah, there's just a ton of cards that aren't necessarily, they they aren't necessarily like the WoW $35 cards. Um, Sometimes they are, but people don't realize till way later, right? Like um, you have a card like Teferi's Protection, True Name, or uh, what's the recent one? You bought the deck actually that has the Goblin guy, the Pirate. Oh, um, I forget, but no, the uh, extortionist, Dockside extortionist. That's yep. another one. I didn't buy that one. I bought the one that had oh, the had free that. counter spell. Oh, fierce guardianship, fierce guardianship, which is another yeah. one. Yeah, right. These are and both of those that we just named. Those are over fifty dollars. So if you bought the, the commander deck at forty, you made <laughs> money all of a sudden for one of the cards, and you got a like a deck out of it. Like right. it's incredible. So and, just buy these products; they're great. And a lot of the cards, the value is in a bunch of cards that are worth like $1 or sure. something. So they might be hard to like resell. So if you're buying it just to resell, you might have a kind of a hard time doing it. But no, um, yeah, I think so. We're recommending these products for you to play. For to play. Exactly. Right? I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I just yeah, to yeah, make yeah. That clear. yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Cause it, it does harken back. Go watch, go listen to our finances episode if you haven't. Cause, you know, we give some good tips there and everything. I mean, this we're not about we we're not gonna tell you how to make money off magic because neither of us have. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have spent significantly more in this. <laughs> I mentioned how like my style, I'll I'll build up enough bulk to like sell my bulk and I'll like I'll get close to breaking even, you know, like because I'll sell some more really expensive cards that I've opened and packs and whatnot and and I'll, I'll, I, I do, I'm very good at the game. So I, I, when I go into stores, oh, I right. generally, yeah, I, uh, let me, let me toot my own horn. I'm I mean, very good at limited like though. 15 years. I know. So I know. So. I'm, I'm extremely good at limited. Hardly ever do I lose in limited tournaments. So I generally make my money back there because you enter these tournaments for like 15 bucks and I'll get like, I'll get 10 packs when I win those. And it, it, like that's $40 in packs. Right. All right, do you want to go into the kind of like the deck building? Yeah, because for Commander, deck building is a huge part. And so if you've listened to our episodes enough, you notice at the beginning of every Magic episode, I'm always excited to talk about what are you brewing? Because a lot of my Magic, I I obviously don't have infinite funds. (laughs) So a lot of like, yeah, a lot of my Commander is like in my brain. It's in... Or it's on, you know, a web service that I use to build all these decks in Goldfish. I build so many commander decks, hardly any of them actually come out and exist in my yeah. hands. You, yeah, uh, the same way where I'll have like 25 cards. <laughs> and I'll just be like, wow, this is cool. And then I won't like finish it out or I realize like, eh, there's just not enough. Yeah, if you're just... too far away. Yes, there's some times where I've noticed where I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm $300 away from making this deck happen. So I'm right, like, yeah. I just, I can't stomach that price. So even though this is fun, you know, it, the, the fun only lasts for so long with, with your commander decks. You then you got to build another one. Ever. Yeah, that's what I'm all that. And that is the fun of it, right? Four, it, it, the fun of it's having a bunch. How, how, how many decks do you have? Which which is a subject I, I think I, yeah, I have right here. Because we're going to have a whole episode, I think, for oh, us okay. where we're going to go into each of our specific commander decks. Because I'm sure Dor, throughout all our podcasts, we'll probably mention them over and over again. Uh, so we should definitely just announce, hey, here's 
the ones I'm working with right now. Yeah. Uh, if I can count real quick, because I can see them all. One, two, three. I while you're counting, I'll say I have um eleven. Okay. I have eight with the eighth one being what we call the mono black stack, which within there i'd say there's probably about four different archetypes so i'd say i have 11 yeah about the exact same amount right yeah and it's always always changing yeah yeah i i have and i could say of those 11 other than so the mono black that that kind of has lasted forever um only one other one has existed longer than uh, five years. I don't know. Well, actually, longer than, let's say, two two years. Only one other deck. Oh, okay. I so have... only two, well, five decks. If All my mono black have existed since the beginning right. of time. <laughs> and then uh, Karametra is the, is the other long Is the other one? Yep, that's it. Yeah, I, uh, I have, like, the oldest commander deck tech by our metrics possible where i bought the college definitely deck. right because that that was when it was the commander format began and you've had the that first since. official re- commander release and it has remained with me for the past and then now i know 10 years yeah yeah yeah. well and i think i think karametra is my oldest deck so whenever pretty good. whenever karametra re- when was theros released that that would be my longest standing commander deck. Is, that was is, probably. I bet it was 2012. 2012? I, I bet. I bet it was. Which is like right. I mean, that's when you know we were. Uh, right. It was 2013. Okay, so it was a year after. Wow. Yeah. What a noob. I because <laughs> well, I remember when we were starting. I mean, commander was so new to me then. I was trying a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah, Karamesha was the first one that actually clicked where i was like oh oh this is strong okay here we go <laughs> yeah and it didn't it didn't help that my <laughs> i needed to build another deck <laughs> because kalia is so good it, she it, was too in, strong back then back us. then she was too strong yeah especially people who didn't really we were new to the format and man just putting down free like oh gisella or Avacyn. well yeah i mean you you know what i call i i've always forever called that deck mythic dot deck yeah yeah because exactly. you, you literally run every card as a mythic all of them <laughs> they're all mythics so it doesn't matter what you're playing it's a uh-huh. mythic. yeah uh so back into this deck building because anyway. this concept yeah <laughs> so uh it's a it's a concept that you will dodge by buying a pre-con because right. they come pre-built Hey, your deck's built. You can play commander. Good for you. Because otherwise, deck building is actually it's actually super hard. Um yeah. and, and it's where a lot of the skill comes in. And and you're really only gonna like figure it out once you've played it enough. And like it's so hard to play. So we always talk about this thing called gold fishing. And <laughs> it's yeah. an important thing because you, you have to play with the deck. And Goldfishing only gets you so far because genuinely when you're goldfishing, you're playing against zero, like no permanence. So, you know, nothing else is out there. So nothing's destroying your stuff. Nothing's stopping you. There's no yeah. static effects that say, oh, things cost two more right now. So you exactly. don't really know how it's going to work out. No and, one blows up your mana rocks. Yeah. Which, you know, when I'm goldfishing, I try and to delete some things that i cast and i'm like oh shoot they destroyed it because that thing was too good and, and i'll move on from there like <laughs> i'll play right, in different right. scenarios um 
But we should keep in mind the general outline of things you want. So yeah, and once your, and your again, list here is pretty good about all the things you have to include. Yeah, right. This is like, yeah. So I listed a whole bunch of things that you need to include within a deck. Uh, and we're talking about, once again, an 100 card deck with no repeats other than basic lands, which right. lands is the first thing because every deck needs lands. Except for my sweet landless deck. Yeah, except for your yeah your theoretical dream. I should, I should dream put boat. some elbow grease in there. Again, now that I'm thinking I about like it, I'm that. excited I would like about that. it. Yeah, yeah, get there. Get there by the time the Dragon Party deck I make releases, which I mean, right. you have a while because I think that's later in the year. It might be the right, next right. set coming out, which so it's like three months. Anyway. Okay. So, Lands, how many do you play? So, we're talking about an 100 card deck, by the way. Yeah, How many so of those are lands? It's kind of interesting because I I do have like a bunch of lands out there, but I actually don't think of it as number of lands necessarily. Is I take all my mana sources, and this is this, so this is going to merge kind of in ramp category. Okay. Yeah, which is, is our um, next category. But... I I do have a a base so like i i'll almost never have lower than like 33 lands and 33 lands is like yeah. really really small um some people go all the way up to say like oh you should start at 40 and cut down i <laughs> i l like to play less lands than most <laughs> other people and I, I acknowledge this and i do this on purpose okay. but usually most of my decks have anywhere between 34 and 36 lands so I have found, all right, 34 and 36, those are great numbers. So th these are the ranges that you guys should be looking out for. Now, I have felt um, that I'm most comfortable for most decks. I would say out of my 11 decks, this is true for probably nine of them. The number I sit at is 37, which is just above your range. So I do right. like playing lands. I want to make sure that my hands have at least three lands in them to begin the game. I hate having two or less. It feels really bad because if you're not drawing into lands, you're not going to be doing much that game and it's going to feel very bad. When you have three lands, if you think about it, that gives you three turns of land drops to draw into the next one in the series. Right. So I've found that like, boy, do you really need that third land in your hand? Because even though if you have two lands and a mana rock in your hand, I get it. You have three mana now. You'll get there, sort of. But that land drop is actually what's really important. Otherwise, you're falling turns behind, and it's gonna hurt. It's gonna bite you. Now, a couple decks I've noticed that that 37 ends up being too much randomly. Uh, yeah. We recently just played a game where I, I, I kid you not, on turn 12, this game kept going, and I had eight lands on the battlefield and seven lands in my hand. Yeah, and that is the... So, we'll get into ways to mitigate this like kind of land flood, but... Um, that game hurt. That game hurt a lot. That hurt just, all of our buttholes. We couldn't play another game after this it, because of how brutal that game ended up. Right, and, and a lot of us <laughs> were feeling the same same way. Um, and yeah, there are ways to mitigate this, but just strictly talking about that, man, does it suck to just keep drawing lands? Like but it just I, hurts. I, and so I will much. say, even at thirty seven lands, though, that's super rare. I don't. I got 
really unlucky. I mean, my car, that my lands must right. have been super bunched because but, wow. But that is that is a real thing you have to think about. Was, there's there's a reason why you shouldn't just put 42 lands in every deck. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is the reason. Yep, and I will say like a um a deck that has green I would say could probably include more lands because green has a lot of ways to play additional lands or do something with those lands. So a deck like that, then I agree with you. You can go up to 40. I know in my Karametra, I do play 40. That's a deck that utilizes its lands. Right. And you get value off of playing. I get my values off my lands. So yeah, you can absolutely play 40 in those decks. Yeah, in my Grothama deck, I think I have like 45 lands. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If, if if your lands get you value, go ahead. Be my guest. Play right. more lands. But I would sit at what, what Eric was mentioning. At, but let's go up to 37. So let's say 34 to 37 is the is is the range yeah you and then, account when you're going through 100 cards you want to count 34 to 37 for land yeah and, and in i'll say in like kind of what i was saying before kind of going into ramp is you can not always include ramp in your mana sources but sometimes you can and a lot of uh when i look at mana sources it's because i have a lot of like four color decks or five color decks mm. where i need to make sure i have like 18 to the 26 types yeah. colors of each mana source so like the signets are good because they are two man or one mana source of each color Don't you mentioned those cards those not around me get out of this house <laughs> <laughs> i like how i've taken a hard position and like no i've yeah, never played no signets yeah <laughs> but you but they're in like all of your days of course yeah no of course yeah. i play signets guys i, I just, know i just hate them <laughs> Just because they're a monument to the failure. Of I, I aggressively hate them, and yet I play them. I mean, he I have screams to. loudly whenever he plays. I, them. I have to play. I have to play. Right? I'm like, no. It hurts me. The moments they fail me is yeah, is like the the moments that anger me most. Right, right. Uh, and so you can kind of like tailor how many lands you have based on how many mana sources. So sometimes that'll guide you. It'd be like, oh, I only have 15 in my in my three or four color deck i only have 15 white sources i need to add some more and i have already too many ramp spells so maybe i should add some more lands like and that that's a how way how many ramp can... spells are we talking now let's let's put a range to our ramp. ramp so it's every and, and we should say this every deck has to play ramp i don't care what color identity you're in if you're mono white you need ramp and this is a problem with mono white right because they haven't had traditionally that many access to cards that are ramp cards but right. in our format you you ha- just have you to need, have it because you you're you're not getting anywhere you have to get you have to ramp like to turn seven say and then and, the game really like gets nuts but like you talk, have to and this, this is uh while we're talking about ramp if you're not sure who to attack or who's the biggest threat yeah, whoever has the most whoever, mana. Whoever has the most mana. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, because they're going to be playing the strongest things next. Guaranteed. Right. Um, and ramp kind of comes in uh, a, two different real categories, I think. And it's like spell ramp, which is usually exclusively green, and artifacts or mana rocks. Uh, mm-hmm. Mana rocks are available in all colors. Um, yep. So they're most they're commonly played. Most commonly played. Uh, they're, There's also creatures. That ramp creatures that tap for tap, but for that's ramp. also in green, like you usually like green. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's also in green. Yeah. Uh, so 
it's kind of funny because we we didn't really discuss how many we have of each. Where, but this is just from oh, so 10 we found years good numbers, right? So both me and Eric looked at our best decks and said, "Well, how many do I run in say a really efficient deck that I found every time I play it? I always seem to have the mana when I need it, right?" And all right, so this to me, I don't know how you feel about my decks. I thought when I picked out my strongest deck, I picked out the Halden and Paco. That one, I, I love that deck. That's pretty it's good. It's a crazy fun deck. I built it really well, and I, I feel like it's really strong. It, it really hasn't failed me yet. It's how many green, ramp blue, spells? So. <laughs> yeah, right. It's It's got the ramp colors. So how many ramp spells do you think I play? So I think... So I have one question. Yeah. Are you counting you may play extra land yes. as ramp? Okay, I think that is only applicable in certain decks like your deck yes this deck it absolutely is because there's lands that show up everywhere because i get to exile other people's libraries and play their lands right exactly but that doesn't mean we should discount them because that's a very specific thing yeah no but for this deck i counted them absolutely because i'm playing them for the purpose of ramping right but i I just wanted to i just want to point that out where like just a random green deck playing extra land you may play extra land yeah yeah this card might not count as a ramp in another deck but in this Um, deck absolutely it absolutely does i so i also the way you built your deck is like not very like it is combat focus quote unquote Mm -hmm. but it's not very creature focused so i think you have more than normal i'm gonna say you have like 16 ramp spells You'd be surprised it's less than that. It is okay. it, it's it's up there. It's 13. 13? Okay. It's 13, which in my mind when I think about 13 ramp, I think to me that's like that's your top end. I I that'd yeah. be comfortable saying that boy, that's a lot of ramp. <laughs> yeah, 13 is um so I I went above what what like my max was because of like the nature of your deck and you don't have any creatures in it. I have no creatures in it. So like, yeah, it's more likely that more of these cards are ramp would be ramp. Um, yep. And some of your ramp spells are tied to like card drop, but whatever I, uh, but yeah, 13, I think is, is, is around what I have in some of my decks too. Like my Zyrus deck has around that. Much. So I that's like 12. a great number then 13. And I would say what number should we not go underneath? So and another deck that I, that I had, which I noticed, it was the same deck that we're mentioning before where I had way too many lands in hand. How many ramps? That's the Renard deck. It's a blue white deck, which blue white has a lot of trouble ramping as, as far as blue whites goes. How many ramp spells do you think I play in that? Uh, I don't know, like six. I'll no, say. I, I play 12 in there too. And I well, think that's part ooh. of the issue is I have 37 lands and 12 ramp spells. And I think I just end up flooding myself and not having much else to do. Okay, I I thought you were going with like, oh, there's not a whole lot of ramp in there. There's uh, too much ramp, I think. Right. <laughs> I uh, think I should lower that number, or I should I should lower the land count to like 36, and maybe lower the ramp spells to like 10 yeah, by by a couple. And yeah, because that deck also is like bit built around the mana reduction of your foretell stuff. Yes. Right. So my my, my commander is almost a ramp. That's true. I didn't even include him. So technically right. that'd be an extra one. That'd be like 13. Cause he, he is right. ramp. You're right. Because I am, I am directly reducing costs of all my spells in my hand. They, they immediately get foretold. Exactly. That's true. That is a ramp spell um, for sure. But the reason why I chose six is because I thought you were setting me up for what the low. Like I should have. 
I wish um, I was. I don't think I play. I I, I like having ramp spells. <laughs> no, no, it, there's a reason why because I, six is way too low. I think like seven is the you need to have a reason to only play seven ramp spells. Yeah, boy. I, I mean, looking at like decks in general, I I'd say be careful going below ten. Just because it's yeah. so again, it's so like your first two turns, you you want to be ramping. That's oh, what yeah, you yeah. want to be doing. That's yeah, and the I best think play you can do. Ten is where I absolutely you you want to be in that low double digits amount. Um, but yeah, and there the reason why I said seven is like when I'm counting up my cards and I have like 125 cards because it always you always are cutting everything that you you love about your deck (laughs) and you're like oh can i cut another ram spell and then you see that you have like eight and you're just like oh man the only reason i'm running eight is because my like my step and power level like my commander that i really need costs like three right so and that's something in like my uh i'm an atu deck i don't have a whole lot of ramp and that's because of the way i play it like once i get i'm an atu hour once i get one of my like cheap creatures out I'm very much like a draw go kind of deck. So I don't yeah. need a whole lot because I only need to respond to other people. Doing that's things. fair. Like I need to do the, that twice. Hey, I mean, you're, you're teaching me right there. Like that's why I think that my Azorius deck has been failing me. I, I I've been flooding every game just because right. I'm, I'm used to decks that like, they they need the right you like mono black you can't get away from it. you have to ramp to play everything that you yeah. want to play you can't get away from that and to tamir these 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 tamir decks you you just need the mana at all times yeah those are super mana hungry decks and i and like mana rocks you have usually you have to play them at sorcery speed so it's always like ramp the first three turns and then you just want to sit behind your wall of open mana and like those responsive spells like sure there are some expensive ones that are like five six mana but like usually it's i have a a two mana removal spell and a three mana counter spell Mm -hmm. Uh, and i have just my stuff out here generating value by themselves just sitting out there so and i just need to protect them long enough for my like for me to accumulate a lot of uh advantage through card draw yeah yeah which is the next category that we got to talk about so within all commander decks the most powerful thing that ends up happening we've mentioned on past episodes that like hey guess what drawing cards is really strong yeah it this is one of the most under um underrated aspects for new players i think is when yeah i think it the is card says like oh enters the battlefield draw a card and it's like oh man but it costs three mana and all it does is exile enchant or sorcery or artifact or enchantment spell it's like oh, well, it's, you i mean take a look at that too. even like a spell that nowadays that says like scry two, draw two for four are, like, those are oh, getting really pretty playable right it's like boy i mean you get to that means you could possibly dig four cards deep which in our format can maybe find you something that matters that's oh, yeah. pretty important i mean it, so yeah which unfortunately what happens is that all of these are in blue right <laughs> it's like yeah and green and green's got plenty too nowadays green's got a lot too um so they've started printing ways for all the other colors to do it uh black's way is that you'll lose life when you do it 
Yeah, that's like Black's thing. Blue yeah, it's like for every, every card you draw, you're going to lose life also for it, which is fine because you, you have yeah, enough you of it to play around with. 40 life, so you're just like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Reds <laughs> is getting kind of annoying because what they'll do is it doesn't feel like real card draw because you have to get rid of a bunch of cards in order to get that card draw. Right. And it kind of hurts. And then yeah, like, they're just starting to look at it and wait, they're, they're doing like, it in like draw cards from your graveyard, which is like okay white has like nothing white's card draw is don't play white <laughs> yeah well well i mean now if you've seen them now they're, they're they're really trying to go with this graveyard theme for white which is like hey grab cards out of your graveyard and it is good that's a great effect i will say it's a great effect but it's still it's still an effect that needs to be paired with another color you can't just expect cards yeah. to be in your graveyard from white and then you can just grab them out of there. It uh, doesn't happen that way. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not how it works. So usually car- usually you need to find ways to generate card advantage, mostly because other people are doing it. And man, when you're just drawing one card a turn and somebody else is like, oh yeah, I'll tap four mana to draw a card. I can do that three times. And you're just like, oh man, they just have any- it. It's something that it doesn't click until you build a deck that's like i just want to draw all the cards you're just like oh this feels great i want to feel like this all the time and then you always feel like you're involved in the game now i will say out of all these categories that i have listed if you think about the most powerful commanders in the entire format every single one of those most powerful commanders on the commander abilities it's because they have this tacked onto it card advantage some sort of advantage or some sort of card draw advantage um i kind of agree with you on there or like i mean if you think your zyrus deck guess what he does draws a bunch of cards paco guess what he does he makes everyone exile their top of library i get right you know what that's a bunch of cards i'll i'll amend my skeptical response by saying in casual play in cedh everything is is thrown out the window because they rarely format. play their command. Which also, we should have gone back. I did put that in on variants. I literally separated CEDH and casual. They, they are they are different formats. They're it's mm-hmm. a different game. Yeah, it, it definitely feels very different. So yeah. we're yeah, we're only talking about casual. We're talking so. about casual. CEDH, different game. I will say either it's card advantage or mana reduction. Like uh, like Kalia is like I get to cast my thing for free. I don't draw any cards. That's mana that. advantage, yeah. That's mana advantage. So one of those two things. Okay, fair enough. Man um, advantage is another good one. Yeah, uh, which is to... which is ramp. Yeah, the next next slot down. Oh, oh so, uh, sorry. I mean, how, how many? Yeah, I was gonna say how, how many card draws should you have in your deck? And I don't have a number for this, man. I, yeah, as much you as know, you can. That's so right? funny. I I also don't have a number because these kinds of advantage things they're either just like tacked on to other things. Yeah, I just I would just dependent. recommend as much as you can. Yeah, it just they're more valuable than you think. They're not like yeah. the sexy card to put in. They're not win cons. But if you have card advantage, that will make you draw more cards. So the, if you think about like how many removal spells, how many land cards you have available per turn or the odds of drawing one that on the turn that you need it, they go up for every card draw spell you have because you're drawing more cards, you have more chances. Now, you don't want to only have those yeah. because your deck will be one. Uh, just you call it kind of spinning your wheels where you're just drawing cards and not doing anything. And two, they tend to be 
boring under repeat play because you're yeah, destroying yeah, because you're always doing the same thing every game, right? Yeah. Right. It, it is one of those things. It's almost like tutors, and I didn't. I importantly did not list tutors as a category. Yeah, yeah. I because I'm I don't glad, think I don't think you should. I'm glad play you brought them. that up. Yeah, I think there are a few tutors that are good. Yeah, and then the rest of them are not are not good. Like the any tutor that costs less than three mana is good so like one of the things i don't why i don't think you should play them is what you'll find guys is when you play too many tutors the games will become way too similar yeah there's a reason i play commander and it's for the games to always look different i want Mm -hmm. on a hundred card deck where every card's it's like a different card so that no like game looks the same. Yeah, usually you play what tutors, happens every every game looks the same. Yeah, usually what happens with tutors is you go into it with the idea of like, oh, well this is basically a toolboxy thing so I can get whatever card I want depending on the situation. That's great. Usually the best <laughs> card in your deck is pretty well defined. So, so you end up tutoring the same you always, two, like, three cards. Like, every. oh, well, my commander really goes well with this one card. I just need to draw it. And then you draw all your card. You're like, well, I could destroy all of his artifacts and enchantment. Or I could get this card that makes my whole deck go into turbo mode. <laughs> right. And you always end up doing you it. You just See, get that like way, card. It's way more fun for you. But also it's just like, man, you have, like, I keep, this is the only way, I, this is the only time I win. And if that's fun for you, then go do it right but that's not fun for but us. this is why I, I listed as far as my stats go i listed card advantage or value have fun with it so that that way you feel like you're playing the game right because you're constantly right. in the flow you don't want to run out of cards and then like you're literally waiting for your upkeep i played my one card go i can't do mm-hmm. anything the rest of the game that's this is why card draw is so important you always need to do so you're gonna feel really bad so even that card that says draw two and cost three it's good because if you have nothing else yeah. in your hand and that's your last card, guess what? You just drew into more things to do. Right. It's really important. Uh, and, and I didn't include tutors because I just think it it, it makes the yeah, game yeah. too boring. All right. So our next cat. Uh, oh, and no, we still haven't talked about how many of these should we have? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's really hard to put a number on it because it they're is. so dependent on what kind of deck you have. It's depending on other how many of other cards you want. Card advantage is like the glue that holds the deck together. I, I think one thing I want to say about it too is really look into your commander and look at what plays with right. your commander for that card draw. So if your commander says for every artifact, you get an extra mana. Play the artifact that costs one and draws you a card then. You know what I mean? Exactly. Just, even if it's just an artifact that costs one and draws a card, just play that. I don't care. It works with your commander and it draws a right. card. Just play that. It's going to work well. Yeah, like some cards are like, oh, you want to cast a lot of spells? Then Opt might be a good option. But yeah. I would never play Opt in a lot of my blue decks because it's just not impactful enough. But, you know, if your commander says, I want to cast spells, like a lot of the Magecraft stuff and Strixhaven does, then that yeah. might be a good option. Then it might be fine. All right, the next category is removal. And this is one that's that's super so important because it Single keeps target games... removal. This is single target removal. Yes, I'm talking about. Uh, it solves problems because a lot of times there's generally actually only one real problem. Like if that card does what that card needs to do, that card wins. <laughs> and, and I need this, to remove that card. This kind of, I feel like goes. Uh, so you have sweepers as a separate category. Yes. So that's why we're talking about single target mover. Uh, 
there are, I think, two things that make removal good. One is uh, flexibility. So removal mm-hmm. that says like destroy a permanent or non-land permanent, I I will p- gladly pay four mana instant speed for that. When if it just says destroy target artifact or enchantment, I'm like, oh man, a two mana spell that does that. Uh, okay, like maybe. <laughs> The other uh, is how hard it is to deal with. So, like, if there, there's one spell that I try to put almost in every green deck, it's Crows and Grip. Absolutely. That split second, which I love. And I was going to say, one thing you missed, I think, importantly, is speed of cast. Right, right. I, I think that this is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I these guess, yeah, mobile that, spells we're talking yeah, about, for I them to be good, we're talking about instants. You're gonna right. need instants that get rid of things. Unless it's like very flexible. So there's like Vindicate is destroy a permanent for three mana at sorcery speed, but any uh, You know, I don't see that card that much though. I don't think that card's actually that important. I I'll disagree with you. <laughs> That's fine. You can disagree with me. I think, also I think it's because I would rather we play... only play against each other, and I'm the only one who has it. <laughs> uh, that's fair, but I would rather play anguished unmaking than vindicate. That's a good point. Yeah, that's instant. True. Literally, because it says instant, so I can hold oh, on yeah, to yeah, it yeah. and do it when I need to do it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I like there. Obviously, yeah, sorcery is worse than instant speed. But and I can play I the secret layer, anguished unmaking, which looks fucking ridiculous. That's also true. It's also <laughs> for me, very important. Uh, but there are. I, I don't want to like say like, oh, I'm not going to play this card just because it says sorcery on it. Like, I think there are instances. That's fine. Where... I mean, we did talk about. Well, it's a sweeper, but yeah, there's there's a good removal spells at sorcery first, sure. right? And so I'll, I'll go back to kind of what I was saying about Crows and Grave. It costs three mana. You can only destroy an artifact or enchantment. But because it has split second, no one can counter it. So it's mm-hmm. like that artifact, like uh, um, artifact that's going to like that causes an infinite combo with mana that for the amount of blue player you're worried about countering it. Oh, well, it can't do that. It's always going to be destroyed. And w- when I say removal, I am including it doesn't have to get rid of every single permanent because you were talking about a card that gets rid of any permanent right i'm i'm even talking about the cards that get rid of artifacts and enchantments because guess what that's going to be relative in every single commander game yeah a hundred percent and i think hundred percent is going to be my word that i say all the time hundred percent oh you know what now that you mention it it might be it might it might might be be, yeah right well it's both of our like what what do you call that what do you call the word that's like it's like our our oomph on on the like it's something we really mean so like i'm like oh it's huge and you're like 100 percent. that's 100 percent of that it's our our, like exclamation point yeah yeah it's Um, our exclamation so we just say it a lot because we're always excited on this podcast we're We're partying so (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah the the biggest thing about these single target removal things is it helps you get into the later parts of the game where a lot of times someone will curve out and they'll play their commander and they'll be unstoppable. And you're sitting there at your five mana board wipe. You're like, well, I only have three mana (laughs) and this guy is going off. Or someone will have like, okay, I play, uh, uh, what's that? It's the Sphinx that draws to whenever your opponent's draws a card. Consecrated Uh, Sphinx. Consecrated Sphinx. And you're just like, well, I have a lot of my creatures out on the battlefield. I need to get rid of this thing. So I don't want to play a sweeper. Here's like a one mana swords to plowshares that I can get rid of that thing. 
Yep. And uh, what was I going to mention? Like, so, so how many how many removals would you want to play? I, I have I have a good number. So uh, this is once again looking at one of my best decks, the Holden Paco. How many how many removals do you think I play in there? Single target for anything. I counted everything that says it gets rid of something. And also one question I wanted to ask: Do you count counter spells? Uh, they usually go in those slots. For I would imagine so, right? It's a card that solves something. Now, they have a timestamp on when they can actually right. do what they're trying to do, but they do get rid of a problem. And they're, it's always like destroy target non-land spells. Yeah, and it works, so. right? Like counter spells is one of the best removals in my it's, mind. Yeah, it, it, it trades off the timing flexibility with it how, much, how many things we target. With it. But yeah. that timing flexibility overrated it's just like <laughs> oh what if you need it for this next card it's like no you know that card's gonna win the game for that person well yeah and <laughs> also in, in my mind like uh, when i was mentioning to you all counter spells are there's no sorcery counter spell <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah instant. they're all instant. and that's important when you're talking about removal again to me like I, to me removal is instant because yeah it's just so important because it gets rid of the things when they actually need to be getting rid of Right. And yeah, and that's the big thing is a lot of times people are be if they're afraid of their removal, like for excuse me, my Kalia deck for instance, I'll often wait to play Kalia until I have something that right. gives it haste. Right. 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 Because otherwise you're giving too people too many too much chance right. to deal some, with that that's a threat before you're ready. And in a helpful way to think about this, where the difference uh in 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 the uh amount of risk you're taking on is how much mana is untapped for instant speed interactions yeah so if everybody has eight mana per se you play your card and if you want to wait for everybody to go around that's 24 mana that could be potentially spent to destroy your creature but if you play it and then can use it right away there might be like half that or quarter of that sometimes zero mana available to interact with your stuff right so that's the that's the importance of uh of waiting around and that's the importance of instant speed removal is if you hold up a three mana thing you don't have to wait around for your turn to cast it so how much removal do you play in your decks what's what's a number that you are comfortable Man. with that you want so, to see in your deck i think this again this is actually probably the most deck dependent thing on here where i wouldn't non- say so i would say every deck needs to play this right right i, I i'm talking about my range so i'll have some of my decks that are i think actually like the better my deck is the less the uh, fewer number of removal spells i have because i just want to do my thing as fast as possible and this is where counter spells i don't really put in removal or it can be used in removal but they're more protective in nature rather than mm. rather than um, more more protect the queen aspect right exactly they're that's more why like, they're so good in general right they're yeah, they count exactly. as removal and protect the they're so versatile so, like they do it all Zyra, yeah for in my Zyrus deck non-sweeper stuff I'll have like like four or five in there because all I want to do is just protect Zyrus. Of counter spells you're talking. Not removal counter spells. spells <laughs> not removal spells, yeah. And other other ways to do it. But um yeah, but counter spells really aren't supposed to be removal in that way. Sure. Um so I don't really count them in this category. But uh but like my Am- Amanachi deck, which is built around control, I have like mm. like 20 (laughs) (laughs) that's like most of the deck (laughs) yeah like i i'll play less sweepers because i know 
I want to be flexible where if I leave three mana open, I have counterspell, I have destroy yeah. thing, I do this. And so a five mana ro- a board sweep effect isn't really what I want to want to do. And also like my uh, my Aetheros deck, which has the bunch of Shadowborn Apostles, I want to destroy everything. So I don't, <laughs> and so like, so you I'll, don't removal because you're saying like, I'm not a whole either going to sweep the board or, <laughs> or yeah, like I get so much value off of board sweeping. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so you're just like, know, I'm just going to keep sweeping boards. I'm just going to keep sweeping the board. Interesting. Um, so that, that's why for me, this changes so a lot. This one, I think. So what's your range then? If you want to just give someone like, dude, anywhere uh, within here. A range. Like, I think you should not have less than like seven. I think. And what about what? So what about if I say this? What about if I say artifact and enchantment removal specifically? You should have at least like four ways of getting four ways. Okay, so you're comfortable with just four ways to deal with that kind of permanent type. I mean, now in some mono colors, you don't even you don't have that luxury, right? In my mono black deck, I have the one they they just printed. exactly a sorcery it, spell that i can get rid of enchantments now and like card draw can kind of help along with that where if you feel like card draw i can get away with playing less but yeah you need a way to do it like in, in an average game i kind of look at this way in an average game i want to draw at least one of them so if i have one oh. out of 25 cards and the Will math is one of those. exactly 25 perfect sure but but that makes sense but, so you want roughly four ways to solve any kind of really busted strategy yeah i need a way a to destroy permit. a game ending yeah. artifact or enchantment and i yep. i some if and if i know that this is the only one I, i'm probably going to draw this game i'll hold on to it until then yeah which in in blue we've already mentioned you kind of have a cheat way to do that right we're saying like yeah, play hey some play some counter spells yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and we're talking no more than four like don't go nuts with the counter spells but like it's a great way for blue to, or or play a bounce effect we love bounce effects they're right. great we'll get that we'll get to that in sweepers all right let's go to so so removal i was talking so, about so like how, my how best much you have in your paco deck yeah paco i play 15 in Paco. 15 15 and that's a deck with no creatures so I, I was almost a little surprised. I mean, that's, that's a big number. 15 is a big number. That's a really big number. That's a significant portion of your deck is, is literally just spent on things that do single target. Like, uh, let me get rid of that. Right. Now, for a deck like that, it makes sense, right? I don't want like certain things. I, I don't really care about the general status of the game. But if something is destroying me, I want to get rid of that one thing that's destroying me. Right. And um, the way your deck is built, since you don't have any creatures in it, then yeah, you're more susceptible to, to creatures. Yeah. And you're more susceptible to creatures being attacked. I am. So you yeah. Want more a single creature is, is danger to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and so when we're talking about creatures are a danger to me, not only is just one creature a danger to me, if people have a whole bunch of creatures, it's also a danger to me. Right. So then we but. talk about sweepers. This is a concept that in commander specifically, it's just, it's more important than any other format that exists. Oh yeah, there's triple the amount of creatures that are trying to attack. Yeah, we're you. talking about four people, and everyone's crapping out creatures every turn. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is something that's like in my mind almost as important or more important than card advantage. It's like you need to have a way to clear the board to clear the board because it's just going to happen every more than likely in a four player game. If you can figure out math, you're not going to be the most strongest person at a specific time at that like right. in each game so you need a way to catch back up 
And the only real way to do that is to destroy everything that made them too powerful. <laughs> destroy what they love most. <laughs> to destroy all of it. And clear everyone. Put you put everyone at the table back on the same playing field. Oh yeah. And you won't need a whole lot of these because the effect is so powerful. And I wouldn't um, recommend putting too many of these. This right. is once again, like you but, mentioned before. You want to draw one of these, and probably no more than that. Yeah, depending on, again, depending on what your deck structure is like. Like, yep. you would, I would have thought you would have a ton of board sweeps in this Paco deck in because Paco you don't deck? have any creatures. Well, but also keep in mind, Paco is the way to win, and right. I don't want to destroy him. <laughs> exactly. And, and there, there are certain ways you can, like, and way I, we might, uh, this podcast is kind of going a little bit long, um, <laughs> but if we if we did had more time, we'd talk about like ways to protect your commander. But those I was going to say, so I also have ways thing. to protect myself, right? I have fog effects, right? Which um, are is something I didn't list, right? Because you don't need fog effects. Yeah, you don't need, you don't need fog, fog effects. Um, so sweepers, I have like a hard three. <laughs> like you yeah, need that's a good three number. of them and I, I would say minimum two don't do not go below two do not go below two do not, do not go below two do, do not Never. go below two two is the absolute minimum and even then so i think like a deck like Karametra doesn't really care about sweeping the board much i think there's two there still right um but yeah you need you you will always so if there's at least one creature deck on the table, you will want to sweep the board at some point. Yeah, yeah. And think about this: every commander is probably is a good chance a of creature. being the most powerful. Yeah, <laughs> and the creature. creatures and a, and a sweeper will at least get rid of them. Right, and if everyone has their commander out and everyone is incentivized to play their commander, especially in casual formats, you get to it's at least a three for one. You know, yeah. in that situation. All right, last. Oh, I have two or more categories. The next one's synergy, which I this think, is super deck dependent. I, th- I, yeah, I, I think we can kind of because this is like Glance over what your one. deck is about. Like this, this is essentially. But that's like, what I mean. So, how many cards? That, that is important, though. How many cards do you want to actually care about your commander? That's an and, important topic. And this is um. I, so I view the synergy topic as everything else. So like cards that aren't. Unless your deck cares about like, drawing cards, removing creatures, playing spells, or not necessarily playing spells, but like card advantage or uh, sweepers and stuff like that, this is like the rest of your deck. Yeah, and this is why you 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 add up. So every you're, so you're saying every card that's not in one of these categories better be in synergy or do not include it. <laughs> do not play it. Yeah, like well, that's important you, to say. Like, is, hey, these are our categories, and if it's right, not yeah. part of one of these. It better be synergistic with your commander, or why right. the heck is it in your deck? And sometimes you can get away with just doing good stuff, um, but usually you need it to, uh, if it's not one of these categories, combined with at least your commander or just the theme of your deck. This is this is the rest. Right. All right, so the last category I have is win-con. Right. It, this, can, this can be included in the synergy if your deck is very, like, incremental advantage- Type. Yeah, and win, but, win con's an unfortunate one to include uh because it's almost to me win con is also like a category like tutors which is a reason i didn't include it right i don't want my deck to win the, with the same card every game yeah it, it's kind of like the opposite of tutors where how you make your deck more diverse 
feeling is including more win cons. Yeah, there, <laughs> because literally... you're drawing less. Of, you're drawing this particular win con less often. I think not. Like maybe last time we played Commander, you literally tutored. <laughs> so, like this is like explaining the whole concept. You tutored and went, "Nah, I don't want to find Craterhoof Behemoth. I have already won that way too many times." Yep, yeah, I do that all the time with my tutors. <laughs> Which is like, like, right, yeah. but that's the whole thing, right? Like, who wants to do that? I'm not going to, like, every game, okay, I tutor. I tutor for Crater Hoof. I play Crater Hoof. I win. Yeah, cool, yeah. man. It, that, you could do that in every game if you wanted to. But who wants to do that? That's so boring. Yeah, and I think this is the this is the kind of the strange rubber band effect. I think me personally has had where in the beginning I put way too many win cons because the win cons are like the coolest things. Like these are sometimes the spells that you build your well, deck around. I, I try doing the win cons and, that are like, that are like five card combos. <laughs> right, right, right. So I, I guess moving, moving along, like in the beginning, our win cons were like pretty direct and saying, yeah, like, oh man, like, this is so like crater cool. Hoof is a perfect example. And then we, we kind of were like, Oh, this isn't a, having like 15 wing cons in my deck isn't good deck building because right. I never win because I, all I have is just a bunch <laughs> of 10 mana creatures. Um, and then we lower them down and then our decks kind of become the best. And then us, we've been playing for so long. We're like, ah, this is kind of boring. <laughs> so we're just <laughs> going to win with some crazier, not so combo, <laughs> less optimized versions of win cons. In. <laughs> so, I, I yeah. need at least four cards in my combos. <laughs> That's like yeah. my level of like, I've made it. <laughs> exactly. Like my Grothama deck, I under win con, I have lost in the woods. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I would love to see you win with that. Oh my God. That would be yeah, so funny. I haven't pulled it off yet. How so do you lost win with that? You're just saying that like, I would never be able to attack you or like yeah i have i have was was, (laughs) (laughs) i'm so confused already i want to see how this wins (laughs) yeah so basically how this deck uh, wins i mean i also have better win cons but sure but this this win con excites me yes where i have ways of just so (laughs) step one (laughs) step one yeah give give me the uh get uh lost in the woods out yep actually step two get all my all my non-forest out because lost in the woods is an enchantment that says if a creature would attack you reveal the top card of your library if it's a forest card remove it from combat and put that card in the bottom right so you do that for every creature yep so if your card if your deck only has forests right you're never getting attacked there was someone who did that in a pro tour i'm not kidding you he played 90 yeah he played like 97 forests and 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 mulliganed to lost in the woods and would just play it just play on turn (laughs) five and and then mill them out because they can't kill them See, yeah, and, and that's that's the <laughs> other part is the best way I found to get all my non forests out is play uh, abundance. I think it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, and and you it, get to search. You just every time you draw, you choose non land, non land, non. You choose non land, so you yeah. guarantee not to get any lands. Right, right, right. Um, and also it replaces your draw effect, so yeah. you can you, even if you have one forest in your library and that's it, you will not mill out because you just say non land. Oh, and, so you also so you're saying you have to have two enchantments in play, being Lost in the Woods and Abundance, or and that's another reason why I have like 44. 40 yeah, somehow like draw all the Nod lands, get uh-huh. them all out of the deck, so that all your decks left with Forest, and then just you're not taking damage anymore, and then it's eventually like you'll mill out because you that can't mill out. Work. Okay, yep. I like it. See, super easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, duh. <laughs> it's gonna work. Uh-huh. Have you ever done it? 
No, of course not. Okay. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. <laughs> um, oh, I love it. But yeah, it's like sometimes we have like those kinds of encounters. Where <laughs> like, all right, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's um, never gonna happen. It's just dreamland, dream world. But you, you need win cons for the love of god play win cons because you have to play them unfortunately well you can play a game and win normally right i i i say there's another side benefit of having like a good win con in your deck is because when the game has been going on for two and a half hours and you're just like man i was having fun but can we wrap (laughs) this stuff up sometimes it's nice just to be like in like in that game that we played for like yeah, that long, which I will say that anything. deck that I was playing does not have a win con. And the deck I played, like the win con is like going through a whole bunch of different steps for draw cards with yeah. my cycling deck. It was just like, oh man, if someone just played a greater hoof, then we could just shuffle up and play. I mean, the third deck had a win con, but we weren't letting him get there. We weren't him get there. <laughs> yeah. So it it is important to have win cons because if you are winning and just like suffocating the other three players, then like it's it's almost common courtesy just to finish them <laughs> finish them off somehow don't Not make it a win off it, it's one of the things you have to feel out with your group but that's yeah, probably it, one of the issues with your win con you just described that wasn't a win con right that was a situation that's a not where... lose con well they'll be out yeah and, well and they it... won't right because if we if they built their decks correctly like we just taught them to i destroy your enchantment and then you're screwed yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're correct uh-huh yeah <laughs> Yeah, again. Super yeah, loose. I, the <laughs> reason why I haven't done it. Yeah, exactly. That was super magical Christmas land. All right. Well, that's that's what you got to keep in mind when building mm-hmm. your commander. And welcome to the commander format. Have fun. Do this and and play some play some pre-cons. It, start there, like we've mentioned. It is, it is objectively the best way to play Magic. It You're is. Hanging out with your friends. It is the most fun. The games last slightly longer. I would say a typical, we talked about some ridiculous games that have lasted over two. I, I would say expect a game to last an hour long, though, for real. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's because... I almost said 100%, but I stopped. I oh, nice. Good catch. Good catch. That's because we're talking about the multiple multiple player format. So each player takes a turn, takes a while for them to figure out what they want to do. The ga- The board states are absolutely absurd. I mean, there's no way you can be like, (laughs) it's it's so complicated. There's so many things going on at once. You just, you can't focus on one player because the other two are going to be doing stuff too. So you just kind of have to deal with what's happening at any given time and play your, play your strategy. So the the games take longer because everything's complicated and you, the worst thing you could do is, is make yourself too vulnerable in this format. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, I, crapped out my whole hand there it is and someone plays a sweeper you now lose because you've played everything in your hand right. and you sandbag nothing and now you have nothing <laughs> like have fun yeah. sitting there for a while while everyone still takes 10 minutes and your turn is draw go yeah and the these kind of numbers we gave are exactly that they're they're ways to have fun like it might not seem very yeah. fun to like pull cards out of your deck to add your eighth and ninth mana rock you're like, oh, I, mean, I don't like, but it gets you, you to play the game, which is super right. important. It feels so much worse uh, when you're in the game and everybody else is doing stuff, and you're just like, oh man, I drew my like 25th land, yeah, Whoa. yeah, or the opposite direction, you have four men on the battlefield, yeah, you're like, I exactly. can't cast like, I can't anything. anything. 
All right. What are we talking about next week? We got a, a special. Well, yeah. So usually we've been alternating, um, yeah. but Strixhaven is pr- is almost all the way released at this point. Yeah, um, we've been talking it about has. it. So we're going to do a uh, double header uh, magic Strixhaven uh, review. And, and we think we're going to need two episodes. So we're going to split them up. We're probably going to do this all the recording all in a day, but we're going to split it up into two episodes that will release at once. Right. You know, one after another so that you guys can listen to them separately. And the format for this review, we're not going to go over every card. We know that. No, no. we've mentioned um, on our reviews and in, in back in back in like episode one, I think when we were introducing yeah. ourselves, we're going to do set reviews, but we're going to do them our own way. We're going to do them our own way. And we'll, we'll, we're playing around with the format. So way we do it this time might not be how we do it next time we're feeling it out sure yeah yeah it's true it well yeah it, it might change every time who knows right and because yeah. i mean they're releasing these sets differently right so this set it, one important thing why we're gonna have to do it in two sections is they're releasing not only the main set of strixhaven but also the the commander, the commander set, set. For the yeah. year, which is super like that deserves its own talk i mean I know, so we really have should. to do this in two parts like we might do like Strixhaven, uh, Strixhaven proper the, the, the as commander. one and commander, right? It might might work out that way. We'll see. We're, we haven't we're figured this out live. Yet. Yeah, right. Yeah, we haven't decided just yet. And then eventually, we still have our next D and D podcast locked in, but it's not going to happen next week. Right. So our next D and D podcast, we will be talking about the web services to use for your D and D adventures. That is our next D and D podcast. Uh, where can they reach out to us? So you can find us on. Uh, you can send us an email if you want to reach out to us. Uh, and tell us how great or crap we are uh, at dragonpartypodcast at gmail.com. Do the first one. Yeah, we are. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, or Twitter, which is probably the best way to tell us how garbage we are. Yeah, uh, right. Bash at, it there all you want. I don't care about that. Exactly. But I want to see some nice, nice emails coming to me. Emails for nice things. <laughs> Twitter's for uh, bashing. Go ahead. Twitter's for bad things. Uh, at uh, Dragon Party Pop. On Twitter, to my, in my mind, like any news is good news. It doesn't matter if you're like, you're just on there ripping us apart. That's like, that's. We're like, <gasps> someone watch. <laughs> yeah, right. Like at that point, it's like, oh, we got press. <laughs> like, great. Yeah. We're getting out there. Awesome. Stop the front page. <laughs> We're finally popular. All right. We've talked your ear off enough. Let's get back to partying. Let's go. All right. And also, you, all you listeners out there, party on. Party on.